I used to not live in this house alone. I suppose, in a sense, I still don't, but the other people here come and go through that brown door as quickly as they enter and exit my life. The companionship is impermanent. The happiness nothing more than a bubble of air rising to the surface where it promptly pops. And yet the loneliness is permanent. It pops right back through the door the moment it is opened, the second I call out a regretful goodbye. The birds might chirp outside, my dog might nuzzle my leg, but even still, I am alone. It didn't have to be this way. And it's my fault. I let the remorse destroy me. But what other thing was I supposed to do? Was I to keep going through life as though everything was normal? Was I to lie to my parents and the police? Even if I wanted to, I don't think I could. My conscience would prevent me. The chirps outside would translate into mocking reminders of my guilt. One way or the other, I would be a slave to it. And yet, work kept grinding on. No, it ground on and got worse. I'd been happier before, happy and productive. But then they fired Jose and made me carry his weight too. It was fine for a while, but after I... It was too difficult. And yet, what choice did I have? I needed the income even after... I needed it. No one else would support me now. They looked at me as though I sported scales all over my body. A true picture of reptilian sociopathy. It mattered not how much I wept. No matter how much I tried to rally myself at my work. The loneliness pressed forward. My isolation grew deeper. I had no time for anything but work and remorse. Work and remorse. Again and again and again. Again and again. Life was a kind of purgatory. No matter how brightly the sun shone through the windows, no matter how deep I drowned myself in luxury, the only antidote I could think of would be to forget and to have everyone else forget alongside me. But that wouldn't happen, not without a miracle of God. God. I turned to God. I attended the local Catholic place, St. Mary's. They eyed me like a strange beggar at first, but eventually they greeted me with smiles. And yet, even still, I couldn't let that happiness touch me. I had erected some shield of grief around my fragile psyche that even the holiest of words could not pierce. But I wasn't going to give up on it. If it had helped others, it could help me, and I wasn't going to reject that help simply out of impatience. And yet more time passed. The air of loneliness and agony which hung above my life remained staid and fetid. Not a single ray of light shone through, no matter how many prayers I said, no matter how many times I went to confession. It didn't even dissipate even after I was confirmed and took communion. No matter how much the rest smiled, I could see the bitter daggers bore behind their teeth. It was a sanctuary compared to work. And no more. What a low bar to cross. But I still wouldn't give up. Even though I'd seen no light of true forgiveness in my faith, I could sense vague stirrings in the fog just beyond the present. But I needed something else. I needed an edict from God, some divine dove to fall from the heavens onto my head and sing out that I was forgiven. Something like that. And then 
I saw it. It was another one of those news stories, you, you know the type. So-and-so person finds the face of Jesus slash the Virgin Mary an X product. My cynical old self would just straight away dismiss it as a manufacturing error, a slight tweak in the gears of the factory that caused the grooves and whatever it was to pure, just vaguely human enough to excite some primal thing in the back of our head to tell us it was safe, it was good, nothing more than human-contrived circumstance. I suppose my old cynical self was right about that, at least technically. But then again, everything and anything we saw was not but the mere twitch of some finger, a miscalculation in a machine meant to be perfect. And we bundled up the bad imperfections and gave ourselves meaning through them. Like my old self's favorite news program. They very rarely reported completely accurate information on time, and yet I still watched it. I drank my coffee the way I made it, not because of some hard-set scientific formula that I didn't understand, but because my mind was willing to accept the imperfections inherent to that black sludge, even though I could feasibly conceive of a coffee that foamed on the tongue with a sugary rush. It would have been so much better, and yet, even then, I would have enjoyed it less. Uh, what was I talking about? Oh, right. Yeah. The donut. Its shape may have been dictated on the high, or by mere man-made contraptions. It didn't really matter, either way. In seeing the face of a holy figure, my mind could be reassured of something that I'd been struggling my whole life towards fulfilling. Maybe. I mean, it helped others at the very least, so it might as well help me. Although my grief stuck to my skin more than others, perhaps this one holy miracle would be the right solvent to pry it off. Perhaps. It was a likelihood greater than zero, which was basically the odds that I had to get out of this malaise through my usual moping. So I had to take it, didn't I? If I couldn't get myself into faith, then I would have it shoved straight down my throat. I took a day off work. I had the money to since, well... I was only upkeeping myself, wasn't I? After a short and archetypically melancholic breakfast, I popped in my car and played some music. It was country. I hated country. But it didn't evoke any grief, so it was the best I could muster. It was a short drive to some little town of about 15,000 people. All you had to do to find the bakery was to follow the cars, as there was an absolute swarm of them. Most of them were red vans, somehow. Don't know why I remember that detail now, but I felt like I was important in the warm moment, yeah. Perhaps, yes, I, I used to hate the color red. Not anymore. Anyways, I followed them through the dingier streets of town to a hole-in-the-wall bakery in the barrio. Munez, that was the name. That was, wasn't it? <laughs> it's on my case file, and I can't even remember its name. So, I, I waited in line. Must have been like 50 people in front of me, each person paying five bucks for a minute-long look at the thing. As I took my place in line, my idea that the whole thing was a scam was reinforced. But then I saw the people exiting the bakery, beaming like they had just seen something so magnificent that it had turned their lives around. Or at very least, made that day a very pleasant one. That was all I needed, all that I could ask for. So I waited. Time passed like a particularly lazy slug, but 
Even though my mind tried to disassociate many times, I kept it all together. I reached the front of the line, took out my wallet, and gave the wrinkled old man a five-dollar bill. He smiled at me and waved me in. Even if there hadn't been anyone else inside, I would have felt claustrophobic in that tiny little joint, given that all the walls were lined with glass cases depicting all the usual bakery items. They looked good, especially after the paltry sum I'd eaten that day, but my attention, along with everyone else's, was not focused on them. Instead, our eyes were drawn to that one tiny plastic table in the middle of the room that had been covered over with one of those cheap red cloths. On it lay a glass case which housed the supposed heaven-blessed pastry. I inched closer to take a look at it, warming my way through a group of religiously passionate old women. And there it was. It was a donut, one of the cake ones. But more than that, it was true. Everything about it was perfectly sculpted to show a face if you turned your if you turned your eyes left about twenty degrees. But that face was no Virgin Mary. I knew that face. It was <sighs> Gotta keep myself together. Don't worry, I'm bound right now. Can't do anything to hurt you. But it was... It was a clear portrait of Amanda, my little sister. She'd been seven when she died. Eleven years younger than myself. Memories flooded back to me. I remembered that I had been distracted. I couldn't remember what before. My headphones had been plugged in and were playing some stupid heavy metal song that my mind had the good grace to forget. And then there was the donut, curled around the edges, glazed with sour cream. It was a good donut. Too good. I didn't bother to look up for a couple of seconds. It only took a couple. I was a couple too late. I'd been trying to teach her to swim, but she hadn't taken to it quickly enough for my tastes. She still wanted to be in the water. So I got her floaties, wrapped them round her arms. I figured that would keep her safe long as I kept an eye on her. And I did keep an eye on her most of the time. But it was breakfast time, and I was hungry, and... By the time I looked back up at her, she'd already been drowning a good quarter of the minute. She managed to get the floaties off of her by some twist of the wrist and was thrashing about in the water, splashing up a storm. I threw my phone to the ground, and I leapt in to save her. I gave her CPR as best as I could, called the paramedics... When they arrived, it was too late. I'd failed. In their cruelty, they told me that if we had just been a couple seconds quicker, we could have saved her life. My sister. Forever dead because of me. As the rush of memory wore off, I was possessed by a singular madness. God was mocking me. Even after all the troubles he'd sent after me, even after making me feel like shit for nearly the entirety of my adult life, here he was trying to evoke that guilt back into my head, that same guilt that had never left and was driving me mad, turning my waking world into an approximation of hell. What could I do as my mind burst with emotion? An ordinary fellow would have simply fallen to the ground in tears. An older woman had already done that a few steps ahead of me. I would be 
Embarrassed, sure. But that would be it. But this reminder. This reminder. I despised it. Every tendon in my body, from my feet up to my neck, quaked with rage at the, the thing. There was only one thing to do. I smashed the glass with my bare hands. I wolfed down the donut, and equally as much blood. I passed out on the ground as those around me alternated between restraining me and pummeling me with their fists. I woke up in the hospital. They informed me of my trial, and I could let out nothing more than a sigh of relief. I could not stomach the idea of things ever getting better ever again. That they were sliding into the hideous order of hell was the only thing that made sense. It was the only thing that was right. After I healed up and talked to my attorney, I pled guilty. Two years for destruction of private property. I lost my job. My parents repossessed the house, horrible caretakers though they may have been. Do you know what? At the trial, my dad sneered at me. My dad. These were the people who had abandoned us, left me, someone still immature, barely making ends meet, to take care of their daughter. I was a kid, and yet... It wasn't their fault. I couldn't blame it on either of them. I killed Amanda. It was me. And that's why I'm locked up now, my friends. Because I'm a lunatic. And I know that me acknowledging it doesn't make it any better. I'm sorry. I've always been sorry. But if there's no redemption for me, then so be it. Even with you around, I am alone. But even still, this is the best place I could be, I think. Sir, this is a mental institution. So there's no term limit? No, two years, sir, although your stay may vary depending on the recommendations of our doctors. Ah, well, that's disappointing. But again, unlike most of my life, that hideousness makes sense. Very well. Two years. Two years of being alone. 